Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. There are a lot of parent-teacher organizations out there. PTOs, PTAs, state PTAs, and national PTA. Have you ever wondered why and how they all work together? Or are you a PTA leader wondering how to best leverage your state and national resources? Today's guest has been involved with the PTA at many levels and will help us demystify the multitude of PTs, as well as give us tips for the best way to leverage those resources. Welcome, Mary Beth. Good morning. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you get involved with the PTA? So my story is a little bit like everybody else's. The PTA says, hey, we need members, sign up. A little bit interesting about my PTA is, hey, we need members. You can sign up to support us, but you don't ever have to do a single thing. So, okay, so that's like my ticket, right? Absolutely, take my money and I'm going to run with it. So I actually didn't do anything until my oldest was in third grade. And in third grade, I got, a, I got an email in the springtime and a New Mexico PTA at the state level. And they said, hey, uh, we're going up to Santa Fe to attend a day at the roundhouse during the legislative session. It's an opportunity for you to meet us, meet with your legislators, and uh, get some training on advocacy. My dad's always been a super advocate um, for um, our senior population, and he would take me to the roundhouse when he was doing legislative work during session, and I loved every second of it. And so when this invitation came from New Mexico PTA, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go. And then about two years later, I came on to the New Mexico State Board as the chair of the Special Education Committee. Wow. First, (laughs) I would like to say the person that gave you the hook of sign on, pay for your membership, but you don't have to volunteer any time. That's a great marketing tool. And whoever did that, uh, that's a good way because you might not have been here to volunteer for the PTA unless you got brought brought on. I mean, it sounds like you didn't uh, like a lot of parents. You don't have time or think you have interest in it until you start getting involved. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit now about your current role? What position do you hold now? For the last 18 months, I have served as president of New Mexico PTA. In that role, I help to support about 13 other individuals on our board progress and advance the work in their individual spheres with New Mexico PTA. That's a big role. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) I'm sure the parents appreciate it. I think most people know, but for those listeners who may not know, that there are PTAs and PTOs. The A and the O are not synonymous. Uh, There is some meaning to those differences The A means typically that an organization is tied to the national PTA and then a state PTA that are resources they can leverage. But can you tell us a little bit about how that association is set up from the national level down? Yeah, so actually, in in my humble opinion, it's one of the best things about being an A. PTA is set up 
there's national PTA that has subordinates. There's 54 subordinate Congresses under national PTA that then support hundreds of thousands of local PTAs inside of the state. So we're all chartered under national. So when you pay your membership fee or your dues at your school, you become a member of over 3 million advocates who all have the same mission and vision. And that is to make every child's potential a reality by engaging in empowering families to advocate for all kids. Hundreds of thousands of people have that exact same ideal. And that is the power in the A. The other power in the A is that National PTA is able to offer tremendous resources. I think a lot of leaders and parents have exposure to what their school level association is doing. And then we've talked a little bit about national, although we'll get into that a bit more. But you're at the state level. What is the main role of the state level PTA? So at the state in New Mexico... Our main role is to support our local PTAs in the efforts that they're doing and then to advocate at the state level for anything that has to do with making our kids better. So how many schools are you actually supporting? It must be a really busy time of year. So the springtime is always busy. New Mexico PTA supports about 140 local schools, and then we work with many, many others. You don't have to be a PTA just for us to help you navigate some of the waters that we are required to navigate as parents and advocates. Our local schools right now, of course, are struggling like everybody else with this COVID thing. You know, nobody knows who's coming back next year. And I don't mean that like our school is going to be open, but I mean, you know, parents shifted this year. So there's a lot of questions about, you know, how are we going to fill our leadership positions? What can we do? Here in the state of New Mexico, we are headed into our annual convention, which is how we met you guys. So super thanks for your support. So we're headed to our annual convention at the end of April. And we will be asking our membership to approve a resolution to allow the current leadership to stay leaders for a remaining year. That way, our schools can have continuous leadership if people are willing to stay. And they're not running in against any of their bylaw issues with term limits. We've talked a lot about bylaws on the podcast over the last few weeks and months because there are so many bylaw issues that are coming up as a result of COVID. And sometimes the bylaws get in the way of changing the bylaws because the change requirements are cumbersome in this time. And so kudos to you guys for doing that. I think that's a great way to support your PTAs. And the other piece that I think a lot of people are struggling with is there's so much change right now and people can only handle so much change. There is a very well-documented change cycle and people go through the cycle at different speeds for different types of change. And so to reduce the change in your PTAs, I think is a really big way that New Mexico is supporting its PTAs. So that's incredible for you guys to be doing that. 
I live by the philosophy of make it as easy as it can be because I don't do hard. I know lots of people say, oh, we can do hard things together. Yeah, no, we can cut them down into like little itty bitty easy things and then it's all easy. We have, we've spent a lot of time with our parliamentarian. That's one of the things that we at the state have is a registered parliamentarian. So when our local PTAs come to us and say, hey, we, you know, we're running up against this bylaw issue, we can put in a consultation with our our parliamentarian and she can tell us, okay, this is what's happening. Because obviously she's got the beat on what parliamentarians are doing right now. And so that has been super helpful to our PTAs as we've flipped things on their heads. Yeah, that's an incredible resource. And first of all, I don't know any parliamentarians. What a cool job. Um, but that's an incredible resource for the state to have. What are some of the other resources that you guys have for the local PTAs? Like what kinds of things should they be coming to you for? So we also offer grants. One of the most recent grants that we did was we were able to pay for some of our local leaders to attend with us LegCon. So where we normally would only have had two people, three people in uh, D.C., we were able to take a a pretty good cohort on our Zoom meetings on the Hill. We do a lot of leadership grants to help these local PTA leaders expand their leadership opportunities and their knowledge. You know, if you agree to, to sit on a board, you've got some diamonds showing through, and we certainly want to help promote that. That all makes a lot of sense for state grants, but I know there's also grants at the national level. So what kinds of grants are available? So there are many different kinds. Health and safety grants. There are internet, digital awareness, digital safety. There's grants in the STEM field. It all depends on what sponsor is, is sponsoring during that, uh, during that grant cycle. And all of those can be found on pta.org under grants. And how um, hard are they to apply for? I mean, is this like a cumbersome process? No, it's actually very easy. I think you may have to write about 250 words. Again, it depends on the grant, but most of it is very simple. We also, there's a whole cheat sheet on grant writing tips. But this is like grant writing for people who are volunteers and are working at their local schools. We're not talking about like trying to write a federal 50-page grant. So it's it's quick and easy. But I mean, when you're talking about $1,500, you do have to put a little bit of thought in that. So pre-COVID, most of the grants would bring people together. So the grants would it it would be a program in a box. So they would have all the materials that were needed for the activity, any of the instruction. That way the PTA leaders could work with their school administration and teachers, and they could bring together these different activities as, as different exposure for things that they may not have otherwise been exposed to. So just to switch gears a bit, We've mentioned LegCon, and that is a national PTA event. What other types of advocacy happen at the national level versus the state level? So advocacy at the national level is just that. 
we are working specifically with federal legislation. And anybody in advocacy knows that legislation is big and cumbersome and it moves incredibly slowly. However, every single time we get that touch point with our congressional delegation, they are hearing the same story. National works with other education coalitions and associations and groups. One of the asks for LegCon had to do with the reauthorization of the federal school meal program and talking about healthy nutrition. One of our one of our local schools here in New Mexico actually just called us because they are following the federal guidelines and actually they have taken it a couple of steps further. They're co-oping and growing and and you know buying local and and doing some like really cool stuff as part of the, you know, just the integrated education about everything. They called us because they just found out that the school district is going to require them to have their own school lunches, like the district school lunches. They are not going to be able to have their own food program anymore. And uh-huh. so they called us and said, okay, what, like, what do we do? And so now we're talking with them. How do you advocate at your school? A policy is a policy. And a lot of times we put policies into place because we think they're, they're a good idea. It makes things a little bit easier. But in this case, this policy, it's really going to have some effect at the school. And so at the state level, we're working with them on how to communicate and talk with the members who are making these decisions and and how to advocate with data and numbers and statistics so that they could show, you know, look, everything is good. How can we get an exemption to this policy? Yeah, that's actually a really cool example of how the various levels work together, because at the national level, one of the priorities for 2021 is about child nutrition. And I I know that's a priority every year. And then at the state level, you're working with a local school specifically on their program. And so that just shows how it all comes together. I think it's a great example. Um, You have a, a history as being involved in the PTA as a member and now a state level president. If somebody's coming in new to the PTA, what advice would you give them? What I would tell any new member is this is about your kid. This is about supporting your kid. And at your school, that might look different than it looks at my school. You know, some schools the programs and the activities that are important in their community look completely different than just down the street. And so I would say it's about supporting your kid and it starts there. What's a moment where you've said, this is why I'm part of the PTA? I'm a mom of seven kids and we come about our family in a unique way. We are one uh, very cohesive nine-person family. Every single one of my kids, I give them the opportunity to decide what it is that they need educationally. As they're going through school, we're looking and looking and looking and watching their strengths. And, you know, at some point I'll say, oh, this kiddo really has a strength in this. We need to explore that more. And then I'll be watching a different kiddo 
and I'll say, ooh, that kiddo has a strength in that. And I believe that all of my kids, whether they're in a wheelchair or whether they are running around like um, the crazy kids that they are in their sports lives, if they want to run the Boston Marathon, any of them can. I, I don't care. Any of them can run the Boston Marathon. And as their mom, I'm going to give that opportunity to them. The first time I sat in the rotunda at the roundhouse while PTA was speaking, and they talked about, we speak for every child with one voice. I was like, hey, I do that. I advocate for every single seven one of my kids. That was a few years ago. It still rings true today. I advocate for every single one of the kids in my state the same way I would for my kids. And what that means is that I have seven kids and I have six different schools because that's what they need. And they have that opportunity. When I'm talking up in Santa Fe about my friend's kids, I'm, I'm advocating for them the exact same way I would mine. Um, and it's, it's that we are talking for every single kid. And that is what PTA means to me. And that's incredibly powerful. And I think that parents need to understand the power that that PTA has advocating on their behalf. I loved your comment about as a PTA member, you know, focus on being the voice for your child. And then as you get further up in the organization, you just become the voice for more of your, I'm doing air quotes here on your children, because the your becomes a bigger community. And at the state level, you've got an even bigger community. And then at the national level, of course, there's a, a much bigger community. And um, your ability to do that is one of the reasons why the New Mexico schools are, are very lucky to have you. And for those schools, going to the state for resources, for additional advocacy, for ways to advocate, for tips and tricks, um, there's a lot there at the state level. So I, I really appreciate your thoughts and advice here today. And I think if I had to sum it up for our listeners, I would say really aligning with people's passions is the way to unlock incredible things as an organization. And I think the stories we heard here today about how Mary Beth got involved just give you a perfect example of that. So as a leader, making it a low barrier to entry, you know, Wes shared how much he liked that you can pay your dues and then we don't need anything from you. Um, that's a really low barrier to entry. But once people are part of that group, offering out a lots of different opportunities because you are more likely to align with the passions of your community and get people really engaged and fighting on behalf of your community. I think that is a great tip and something our listeners will really value. Also, there's lots of grants available at the state and national level. And if you have any questions about ways to advocate within your school, within your district, Mary Beth gave some great examples of how her state-level PTA has helped a specific school uh, advocate and figure out the best ways to do so within their district. And so don't be afraid to leverage the state and national resources. So we really appreciate your thoughts here today, and thank you for joining us. Hey, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for all that you're doing to get families involved 
because that's the name of the game. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in the multi-purpose room.